We're gonna have to pick a fancy glass to pour it on the. Oh. Never mind. Ah, you ruined it. That's fine. <laughs> Drink it. Uh-uh. Welcome back to the Shake and Not Scared podcast, the podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror movies while we try to come up with a theme drink to go with it. Here with you, as always, your hosts, Eric and Vivi. How are you, Vivi? Good. It is somewhat early in the day, and we're going to start drinking. So <laughs> we're going to have a good day. Well, this is so that we don't sound boring and tired like other times, maybe. Yeah, we've made the mistake before of recording either at like 1 in the morning or in the evening, which apparently is just too late for us. Yeah, we're too old. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sad to say. <laughs> so what was up this week? What would you do? This week, I worked. I don't, I don't feel like we did anything too crazy. No, we didn't. We did. You finished your tattoo. I did. So I did get a Hella tattoo. I finally yeah. finished it. She's no longer headless Hella. She's no longer creepy looking. <laughs> I'm no longer embarrassed to be seen with you in public. Oh, I know. Especially after that, <laughs> that week that I got it was when Chicago land area was getting warm finally. And so I was walking around with my headless Hella tattoo. Typically, yeah. I'll finish it. The guy who tattooed me, his name is Alex Roscoe. If you guys have seen our socials, we've tagged him. He started up his own shop called Black Dagger Tattoo. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to give him a, a look at, just follow him. You could also follow his personal tattooing page. Which uh, I believe is Tattoos Are For Scumbags. Uh, we will link it yes. somewhere. <laughs> so if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want a tattoo, go check out Alex's work. He typically will finish them all in one session. But this one, for some reason, was so long. It took, I mean, he's a professional. So he it's would It's pretty know. detailed, I would say. It's really detailed. Yeah, it's a black and white. We're still going to add more. So we're going to add some more time uh, on top But at of least it. she's not headless. Right. <laughs> so we also visited our friends for their baby shower. They're going to have a baby soon. So Ooh. it's a good time. Alex and Mariana, congratulations. Alex is actually another guy that I have a podcast in the works with. So Because Eric's just a podcast master. Uh, just 12 episodes in. I'm He's just got to start a podcast with everyone in his life. That's how you know you're good friends. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't have that many friends. So I don't have that many <laughs> It's podcasts. only like 10 <laughs> podcasts you have to make. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Do you want to dive into what creepy content we have? For sure. I guess this is just the creep show episode all around because I made you watch season two of Creep Show with me on Shudder. And then you're like, wait, I haven't seen season one. And then you're like, wait, I haven't even seen the movie. And I'm like, stop what you're doing. We're going to cover that this week. Right. Because what? I don't know that it necessarily mattered either because they're anthologies. They're anthologies, yeah. But I think it's cool to just see the source material or not the source. Yeah, but... you got to at least see the original to understand why stylistically they're doing it the way they're doing it. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's not like you can't figure it out without watching it. Watching that first episode of season two, I could tell what they were inspired by by the movie. Oh, of, like, it was the, so the fun. I didn't care too much for the first story, but the second one, spoiler if you haven't seen it or if you want to check it out, was like they married Bob Ross and the <laughs> Evil Dead somehow. And it's just like, what is happening? But it was so fun to watch. Honestly, I can't see Bob Ross anymore without thinking of Deadpool. So, oh, yes. <laughs> it was all pretty fun. That was really, you didn't like, you didn't like the first one? It was okay, but Actually, the second one was like was. so good. Ooh. It was about the little boy who's like, mom passes so sad. Oh, that's right. And then he like actually similar to this movie voodoo's the father figure because he's terrible but like way more brutally oh for sure he's like well anyway yeah there's a lot of blood (laughs) yeah again no spoilers if you want to watch i mean when did the episode come out i know that the the rule for spoilers is like two weeks or something they're doing it weekly which i hate that streaming sites now are doing things weekly like television used to be it's getting closer and closer to television it was like we want to binge watch things there's a reason this shit became popular in the first place anyway not my point for those of you who know me i really love comic books falcon and the winter soldiers weekly and i just want to pull my hair out every yeah like wandavision was weekly and it's like i hated doing this with tv (laughs) i don't want to do it with streaming anyway soon enough streaming is going to be tv again the point is it did come out like three weeks ago i think two or three weeks so spoilers are fun yeah yeah that was pretty much like the only creepy stuff we did this week we didn't really get too much time to hang out but i guess as a side note this isn't creepy content but i had vivi watching naruto because she has a lot to catch up on and there just so happened to be ninja zombies if that's your thing (laughs) 
I told him not to share this in case people are watching it, but I guess, like you said, it's been out for thousands of years oh, now. Oh, yeah. This is even a spin-off series with his child. I mean, honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, it's kind of your own fault. Oh, I was also watching, re-watching that documentary we saw on Shudder mm-hmm. that probably actually inspired us to do this podcast in the first place, Into the Darkness or mm-hmm. 80s Horror. I was re-watching it just because I was just looking for some background noise, and I was like getting so many ideas of movies we haven't watched and need to cover. I think I saw somewhere that there is a part two coming out. Oh, cool. Because people were like, whoa, you didn't cover like all the 80s movies. I they, was like, they definitely breeze past them because in their transitions, do. you could see the movies that they kind of skip through and they flash them, but they don't really talk about them. I actually would like to see this for the 90s as well in the 2000s because horror changed so much from the 80s being like kind of campy creative kills where the thing hypersexualized, <laughs> and then the 90s it was like reinventing these tropes and then the 2000s we've gone like off and running in completely different genres. 50 sequels tons of oh, remakes yeah. <laughs> we've talked about how there's a lot of blurred lines or gray area between like sci-fi and horror too because we've had this debate and i've seen it online too in some of the facebook groups that alien or predator and these kind of like space horror movies don't fall into the horror genre and i honestly disagree completely because for alien for sure the tagline for alien is literally in space no one can hear you scream that's a horror movie tagline if i ever heard one if you have nightmares about it it's probably horror (laughs) (laughs) Mm, interesting perspective because you could have nightmares about sesame street as a kid honestly you could consider it horror if we watch sesame street right now i'm sure i could pick out a couple things that are horrifying (laughs) or creepy yeah (laughs) cool so the drink we've got this week's not a cocktail so you don't have to do too much work to drink this one with us but it's a beer (laughs) it's actually local from solemn oath brewery it's called Prankensteiner. IPA. And why did you pick it? The artwork is really cool. It has very similar Creepshow vibes. It's got like a mummy yeah. on it. has a zombie on it. It's got a Frankenstein looking guy on it. Actually like one of the opening scenes in Creepshow, it looks exactly like this character on the beer. The zombie figure. They're kind of doing like graffiti on the brick and it says with Lotus XO9326. Not sure what that means. I will tell you what hops. it means. Oh, you know. Yeah, it's like because I'm tired of us not knowing how to describe these fucking beers. So I looked up a description. <laughs> I would also like to point out that the mummy graffitied the zombie with pen 15 on his face. Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) Penis. Yes, that's the joke. At the bottom, it also says it's a collaboration between Saab and Hopsteiner, so I guess we should look into Interesting. them, too. Well, I can read the description from their actual website, if you are ready. ready. A little orange creamsicle love from Lotus, kicked back by a piney grapefruit boost of bitter gold. Man, people, the way they describe things, this makes no sense to me, but sure, it sounds Someone good. listening cares about this. Someone knows what <laughs> this means. Exquisitely accented berry jam bursts. From Experimental X0-9-3-2-6. And finally closed out by a tropical dream cone of Calypso. Cal- that's not even how you say that. I'm thinking of Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> At the end it says, Just be careful it doesn't creep up on you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. With a not terrifying yet not timid 6.7 ABV. And like you said, brewed in collaboration with Hopsteiner. Man, I cannot pronounce these beers, <laughs> beer words. Hopsteiner and Saab. I'm assuming Saab is something else. We'll, we'll look them up and then we'll put them in the show notes and the website. It's out of Naperville, Illinois. I didn't realize it was on the can, but Naperville's. It's on their website that they're a Naperville brewery. I've never heard of them. Solomoth, you have. I have? Yeah. I've We've drinking had their, their beer. Endall IPA. Endall. Yes, yeah, so that's like the first thing advertised on their site. I went into the oh, Midwest yeah. beer section of Binnie's and... I didn't realize that Binnie's had a Midwest beer. That's how I found this because I was making sure Location. to make sure they were local. It was like two or three aisles. Some of them I've never even heard of, but we'll feature them eventually. If you got creepy artwork, we'll probably drink you. Honestly, that's how we pick our beer. Honestly, I was like, we're going to run out because there's not that many. So we'll see. <laughs> Send us more. We're going to probably get to wine at one point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's drink it. <coughs> it's delicious. <laughs> got a mouthful of head. It's got a nice color. It tastes pretty good, though. I mean, I'll, I'll have tasted this head so far. Hold on. <laughs> do you get the uh, orange creamsicle? Yeah, I do. That's actually really good. Do you get the jam burst? Mm-mm. Me neither. <laughs> no jam burst, but I get the orange creamsicle. That's pretty good. Thank you, Salmo. Great beer. What would you rate it? I'd rate it a four. It's pretty high for you. You're really hesitant to give beers a four or a five. Well, because I feel like a lot of IPAs try very hard to taste a certain way, and this one's just good, and that's it. Actually, if I had to choose this one or their staple beer, I would choose this one. Yeah, this is pretty good. I'd give it a, a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so give it a shot. Cheers if you're drinking it while you're listening. If you could find it. That's also the other hard part is that maybe people won't be able to find it so much if they're not in the Midwest, but make it out to the Midwest. Come find some Frankensteiner and... <laughs> 
Give it a drink. I, that's so funny. I don't know if anyone's ever advertised the Midwest as a place to visit. <laughs> Come to the Midwest. We have mayo. We have <laughs> we arts. We have branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then let's dive into Creep Show. So we're going to do something a little different with this episode, but I will give this overview because if you haven't watched Creep Show, it's a compilation of five stories. But the overview says, I want to know who wrote this because they just wanted to use every big word they could think of and I can't read. A compendium of five short but terrifying tales contained within a single full length feature. The film conjures scares from traditional boogeymen and portents of doom. Portents? 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 Portents of doom. <laughs> and then it goes into describing each story individually, which I think we are just going to do on our own. But do you have fun facts for me before that? I do. So as always, I think we need to just like refer to mental floss every time because they're always <laughs> the first thing that comes up. They always have good facts. Mental floss, do you just want to put our podcast on your site? Because we basically read your site <laughs> for yeah. you. Yeah, so first one fact I've got is Stephen King was the main character in The Lonesome Death of Jordy Barrel. I hadn't noticed, actually. You, you didn't? were the one who pointed out. I've never seen him young before, so I didn't, oh, yeah. it didn't even hit me. Actually, he looked a lot like Bill Hader. Uh, was it Bill Hader? You think so? He looks a lot like him, so that's why I was like, oh, this guy looks like Bill Hader. And I, yeah, when you told me it was Stephen King, I was like, oh, wow, that, it is Stephen King. <laughs> I didn't even oh, put wow. two and two together. Did so he you plays. Know, well, sorry, you're giving the fun facts, but did you know that his son? Yes, that was. One is of that the one of them? Okay, okay, okay. I didn't say anything. Actually, that was one of the boring facts that it didn't include. So oh, okay, his son <laughs> plays the kid in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. He plays a country man with over-the-top acting. But according to Romero, it was all done on purpose. Romero told him to, quote, play it like the Roadrunner in the Warner Bros. cartoons. That's funny. Just go way out into left field with it and exaggerated it as much as you want. I think that's what's fun about this movie because it's supposed to be a comic book. Comic books are exaggerated. and This is the time you can get away with that acting performance. Do you think this is offensive to someone? Probably, but... But it's so clear that it's a joke. It's yeah. so over the top. Very cartoon humor. Yeah, very cartoony version of a hillbilly. A yeah. yeah. So, second fun fact I've got is... And this is just an odd fact. It's not even fun. <laughs> the real star of the movie was an ashtray. Because it was in every every one, right? I am tired of you knowing how fun <laughs> No, no. I, I literally <laughs> noticed it while we were watching it. I was like, I think that ashtray has been in every movie. Yes. So the ashtray used in the first story, Father's Day, is the same ashtray used in every single story throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, because they all like either touch it or it's near something that is the main focus. Which is odd because it. it's not relevant at all to any It's of them. not. I think they were probably like, we're running out of props. Put this ashtray here to make it look like... Or maybe every actor was a smoker. That's true. It was the 80s. I don't know. Mm -hmm. When did people stop smoking? Indoors. I don't know. So those are my fun facts. And then the, the rest of it was just that Stephen King actually had a lot more involvement than just acting in it. His family was involved. I think some of the characters were named after family members of his. Didn't he write these stories? They're his stories? He, George he, Romero just He was a directed. screenwriter with... Yeah. Yeah. So fun facts. So do you want to say how we're going to do this now? Uh, this one's gonna be a little special just because it is an anthology all of them oh, are different man. can't really go scene by scene like we have we in the typically past. do also let us know if you like this format better where we summarize super quickly and then just talk about Roast it. it yeah <laughs> but that's what we're gonna do we're gonna summarize super quickly i thought it'd be fun to time us we're gonna summarize each one under a minute or what, to the minute what happens if we fail or if oh, we're just like halfway through and like don't even get to the end i don't know what should happen if you fail chug you have to take a shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at noon <laughs> on a sunday yeah i guess so okay. that should be if you, we'll you have to take a giant gulp you have here. to take a giant gulp okay so then you're gonna start mm -hmm. i think what we should do first before we jump into them though is because there are five stories there is like an, a little mini story in between that ties between, them at the start and at the end that ties them all together uh, immediately we get a shot of a house that has like a pumpkin in the window there's a dad that's kind of going off on his son for liking creepy stuff it's kind of like the trope of this kind of genre is that there's the son or the kid in general that likes creepy horror stuff and is sort of an outcast and is in the room yeah and comics. i wanted to bring this up because it's something you've talked about growing up you liked comics and it was not what it is now it is not the cool thing there isn't million dollar movies being made on it and you get picked on so i think like growing up in the 80s and 90s if you liked this kind of stuff it wasn't mainstream yet there wasn't the internet yet where you could find people who also like this stuff you grew up being the weirdo you grew up being the kid that was picked on and imagine that not only are you being picked on at school and maybe by the other kids right and around then your you parents your are parents shitty. are also kind of roasting you for it and this dad is like over the top he, oh very much everyone's over the top in this movie the actor is actually the one from a, a 
Forgive season me. of the witch forgive me for not knowing his name but tom atkins he's the one who's the father in this introduction story and so the kid likes horror dad's going off on him like pretty horribly just basically says like if i see you reading this crap again i'm gonna you know go off on you or whatever Kill no him. he says he's gonna like spank him the dad takes the comic book which is a creep show comic book mm-hmm. leaves the kid upstairs goes downstairs and he's opened up a beer the wife is kind of like you didn't have to do all that what's up with these shitty father figures you know <laughs> like i was thinking this while we were watching it and just how like culturally different this is is because I know that if my dad was like going in on me like this, my mom would also be going in on my dad. Oh, I thought you were gonna say would also be going in on you. No, no, no. <laughs> my mom will be like, don't, because like I feel like moms sometimes in Latino households are the real <laughs> ones in charge, <laughs> low key. My dad would always be like, go tell your mom about this because I'm not going to yell at you. <laughs> and it could be different in, in other people's households, but it was like, your dad could yell at you. But if your mom came in, it was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, well, and vice versa. I th- well, at least personally, I think it was vice versa. If my mom was going off, my dad would say something. and my dad was going off, my mom would say something. Yeah. Not ever just like this where it's one side. Where one person's like kind of, well, I guess it's also different if it's the 80s. Relationships, relationships are Relationships are different. And toxic. <laughs> Everyone's toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's portrayed that the wife is very submissive. If it's an abusive household, the wife is submissive. Oh, it's clear. Because he's like over the top with it. He opens up a beer and he's like, yeah, this is this is what you're supposed to do with those kids and, you know, whatever. That's why God made fathers or something like that. That is exactly what he... Yeah, I wrote that down because I was like, that's an odd thing to say. Once that kind of happens, it goes up to the kid's room and the kid sees the Reaper character that is iconic for the group mm-hmm. show. And we were trying to figure out if he had a name. But I kept like, wanting to say the Crypt Keeper because that's the... Because it's the like... Crypt, the crib, but it came before that. So I looked it up, and his name is the Creep Show Creep, which is actually so simple. It's uh, fun. His actual name know. apparently is unknown, but his alias is the Creep Show Creep. I want to be known as the Creep. You are. You be the Creep. In my eyes, you'll always be a Creep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just follow you around the house. Yeah, you and Loki, both of you. We do. We posted a, a story of how you had to work late one night. We set up the projector in the office, and I just laid there in Loki too. Oh, yeah. We were just like, we'll come with you. <laughs> Love you guys sometimes. Because you know we don't spend enough time together in this <laughs> pandemic. I thought it had a different name. What happened to the peas? And this Pop-Tart. Oh, there it is. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a warm one or cold? Best one served warm. Have you ever had toaster strudel? I've always wanted to try it. No, my parents didn't allow me. Yeah, I don't know why parents were like, toaster strudel is too sugary. Here's a Pop-Tart. Here's a (laughs) (laughs) Pop-Tart. It has nothing to do with this, but anyway. Yeah, so. All right, well, then let's do this. We're going to challenge ourselves to one minute. You're starting, right? Fuck, I'm not ready. (laughs) So the first story is called Father's Day. Day. Ready? One, two, three. Father's Day. We open up on this big, rich mansion. We get the sense that it's people with money. Uh, this aunt and her niece and nephew and the niece's husband are all there waiting for their great aunt who's like loaded. She's probably the one that owns the house. She inherited it from her awful father. Her awful father killed her lover and at this point they were like 70 years old so she was like ready to get married at like 70 years old and leave her awful father and she like had it right so she gets revenge because it's father's day and he really wants a cake and she's like he's screaming at her like you bitch belinda you whatever and she's like having a breakdown and she's finally had it and she uses that ashtray to bash him over the head and then um Fuck! Okay, okay. <laughs> this is too much. Okay, faster. So then she goes to the grave every year on Father's Day. She has a drink and she pours the whiskey down the grave. Uh, that raises the dead. And he comes back and enacts revenge. He kills everybody and he cuts off... Stop. Ah! <laughs> he cuts off the end's head and uh, serves it on a platter and that's his cake. Fuck! It's so hard. It is so hard. Because <laughs> you want to give the details, but you really can't. Okay, I guess we can talk about the details. Okay, hold on. Let me take a big gulp because I lost. <laughs> Yeah. The dad, the grandpa, or what, what is his name, Richard? Something? Something. Anyway, he looks like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I saw him and I was like, is that Bernie Sanders? This movie came out 30 years ago. And he, he looks, looks like that already? <laughs> he looks the same. He hasn't aged a bit. No, 40 years ago. 80s? 80s, yeah. <laughs> what year is it? What life are we living in? Okay, so, that, so I missed some details. <laughs> She visits the grave every year. This year, she spilled whiskey down there and trademark because we're going to invent this. We're going to start a whiskey and call it a whiskey strong enough to raise the dead. (laughs) Straight from, what would we call it? Pumpkin King and Queen Brewing? Yeah. Patent pending. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't steal our idea. That might already be a thing, actually. I don't know. Probably. We should look it up. She feels guilty, but also I feel like she shouldn't because her father was awful. He is a rich guy. And I thought it was odd that he acts this way because everyone in his life, it seems like even the caretaker, the daughter that was taking care of him, etc. He's really upset that because he's so rich, everybody wants his money. And I guess I don't blame him to an extent because I feel like sometimes, at least culturally, in Latino families, once you have money, it's like everyone's like, so where's my cut? And yeah. that's kind of how I feel like he is but he's very shitty about extreme it. about it yeah because he's like oh, you guys just want my money all of you want my money where's my cake where's my cake you know give me my cake whatever yeah and it's interesting my mom always has this saying of when you die you can't take that money with you to the grave so why does he care who gets it after he's gone but whatever he's trash that's why to be fair to be fair i guess on the other side of that if he's worked hard for this money you know there's like always fights between life insurance things like that with who's gonna get it y- you work hard for it yeah but you if it's your kid it to go to anybody i mean no. yeah distribute it to all the kids evenly one shouldn't just get it all okay listen i don't know because one i do not have money and two i do not have children or life insurance i think we do have that if anything happens to me it was eric uh, don't do that <laughs> It was Loki. If anything happens to her, money. it was her. <laughs> it might have been me. <laughs> I'm kind of a klutz. But there is like family situations where maybe one kid is not responsible. So they're like, I'm going to make your brother the like trust of you because you're just not good with money. And that causes problems and that could cause what would lead to this. But I think it's just Belinda. I think she's an only child. I think there was a reason behind her thing too. It's not only that she took care of her dad, but she had found that love interest and he, he killed, killed her. Him. And you mentioned that. So, I did get to mention that in my one minute. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned that. And I like I think Belinda's story is difficult because although she was probably the best child taking care of him because all the rest were like, our dad's shitty, fuck him. You know, she didn't deserve that kind of outcome. And at the end of the day, she's the one who dies first. Yeah, that kind of sucks because I feel like these stories are about people getting what they deserve, but sometimes, and we'll talk about it in one of the other stories, I don't agree. <laughs> it kind of just feels like everyone's going to get it. No yeah, matter, I mean, it's no funny. What. It's funny that the last scene when the niece and nephew go investigate what's going on and he's like, I got my cake and it's the aunt's head with candles on it and it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so campy. It's this, very this campy, story. yeah. It's a fun, even though it sounds morbid, it's a funny scene. The one that died in a very odd way was that boyfriend of the daughter or oh niece or whatever. Oh my god, the husband. Because he's like, I'm going to go take a smoke, goes outside because they're looking for where Belinda went. He goes outside and then kind of is like, well, where is she, right? So he goes to the grave and he's looking for her because he sees her car. He's like, she's here. Finds the grave, finds the Jim Bean bottle that she's drinking. Oh yeah, Jim Bean. Picks it up and is like, sniffs it and he's like, well, you know what, this kind of smells good. And he like, is about to drink it, falls into the grave. Gross, you found this in the grave. You're just going to drink it? <laughs> Maybe and, like Day of the Dead rules here, but that's for the dead. You don't touch that shit. <laughs> right. It's already been poured for them. It's yeah. <laughs> and the stone, the tombstone starts to move. And oh my he, God, he's the slowest death ever. I was trying to understand like why, like was he frozen? Was he shocked? I mean, he finds Belinda's arm because Belinda's Yeah, dead. is she holding him there? You don't, like that's unclear, but it takes so long for the tombstone <laughs> to fall. He's just nudging. And who's nudging it? Because he looks up and he sees the zombie or undead zombie bo- grandpa. version of grandpa. Yeah. Who's completely on the other side. So who's moving to? tombstone yeah i was just confused it was a very slow comical death scene because he's just watching him and the tombstone's slowly nudging and he's like ah and then just dies maybe he's like you know what i don't even want to deal with that zombie this is fine kill me now yeah (laughs) it was just funny how the guy's running around as a zombie like where's my cake i want my cake give me my cake he I mentioned this while we were watching it, but he reminded me a lot of Eustace from <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, kind of is. Mariel, where's my cake? I want my cake. Yeah, <laughs> maybe when you're old, you just want the simple things in life. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he got his cake, and that's what uh, stopped the whole story. I mean, right. who knows what happens next, but... Yeah, what do you do after that? You find this man who is technically your, like, grandfather, I guess? Your great-grandfather? Come back from the dead, holding your aunt's head. It pauses there and turns them into... a comic scene which is something i actually really like about i do this. like it leaves them open the dramatic scenes are like inside bubbles like in comic strips you get a, a very similar spider sense style like raise behind the head kind of thing that and if you're familiar with comics it emphasizes either fear or alertness or drama yeah. yeah but it pauses there and it turns them into a comic yeah what do you do after that that's not for us to decide i mean the zombie's like I'm, i've got what i need and i'll go back see you guys maybe later. maybe he's like i'm good this is all i wanted traumatizing though it's still confusing like what did he want her on a cake did he want his cake or not he just took her head off and put it on the cake and he's, he's like, like this is how you make a cake zombie logic well if you eat brains yeah 
Does That's he though? Is he necessarily a zombie? He's pretty much a zombie. He came back from the grave. Poor he brains, looks though. decayed. But the brain eating zombie kind. Well, he turned her head into a cake, so I would say yes. But her head was intact. He didn't eat her brains. I mean, not yet. He's going to chow down. He's got a, got a fork and knife. That's true. That just means that he's not zealous or overzealous where he's like, I just want a no, lot of brains. He's, presentation matters to the rich. Oh, he should be on <laughs> Nailed It, that Netflix show with the cakes. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. All right. So this one is The Lonesome Death of Jordy Burrell. This is actually pretty easy. I can sum it. I don't even take that many notes for it because it's simple. It's a pretty short story. Damn, you got the easy ones. Yeah. I hate you. Okay, go. All right, here we go. So Lonesome Death with Jordy Barrel. Comet falls, man sees it, finds it. How much would they pay for it? He imagines these uh, people in college paying him $3,200. He's like, what? No, 200 bucks. Or no, he say, uh, he's like- $50. $50. And they're like, 200 bucks. And he's like, $70. And he's like, 200 bucks, nothing else. Anyway, he takes the meteors, tries to mess with it. He like puts his fingers in it, has this ooze. His fingers start to get pussy. Ooh. And he like puts water on it because it's hot. It splits in half for some reason. He brings it inside. For some reason, the spores that are coming from this comet are starting to like get all over everything. And little by little, it starts to get all over the place. And so it's on the cars outside, the house, on his fingers. It's all over his body. He's watching TV. He's not really sure what's going on. I'm kind of surprised at why he's not so freaked out. But starts to come out on him. He goes to the bathroom because he's like, I got to shower. I got to get this off. His dad's like in the mirror for some reason telling him, don't get in the water. He gets in the water anyway. Next scene is that he blows his brains out because he's like, something happened. Anyway, his, his brains blow out. It's covered everywhere, and grass is greener in uh, Portland. Time! You made it with one second to spare. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. It is a really short story, though. It is a pretty short story. It's like not much to it, either. I noticed. It's kind of funny when the weeds are spreading throughout the house. It kind of just looks like a millennial's house. All the plants everywhere. <laughs> Goals, honestly. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we don't have too many plants because um, our place doesn't get good light. But I, I could make my house look like this. The plants we have are thriving, though. Yeah. Lately. A couple we have. It's not millennial standards, though. It's not like full wall of greenery to bring serotonin. Throwback to Johnny being on our last episode. He has a lot of plants in his house, and they're, they're like really nice plants. It's supposed to be a very millennial thing that we're obsessed with plants. I think he's borderline a millennial, so maybe that's, that's it. He is a millennial, I think. Yeah. Johnny will fight us about if he's a millennial or not. One time he made fun of me for being one, and I think I told him and made it. Dude, you are one, one too. One. Honestly, it's better than being a boomer. The other word? <laughs> than being the B word? I don't know. I feel like millennials, I don't know what it is about us. We're the punching bag of every generation. Because even fucking Gen Z gets on our ass, and it's like, no, no. It'll be your turn soon. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not, because we're not doing it. We're just like, oh, haha, cool. Doesn't that make this less toxic? Honestly, <laughs> in our defense, we're like the least toxic. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everyone around us is toxic. As hell. Everyone is like scapegoating us. And okay, no, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. I don't care about these things. I think it's really lame when people pit generations against generations. It's Doesn't like one sense. day we will all be old and who cares? We're all going trendy. in the grave. And we're all going to want our cake. And we're all going to want our money. Back to the lonesome death of Jordy Barrel. It is a very lonesome death. He doesn't live with anyone. He's just like this kind of hillbilly guy out in the middle of nowhere. It's it's very middle of nowhere story. I can Creepy see being stuff like happens a, in nowhere. Yes. And he finds this thing. I think it's nasty. You, you were grossed out. Oh, it was out. so gross. Again, I hate body things. I hate anything medical. He was such in the ooze on the meteor. His two fingers that he they uses. He had so many warts. He had, yeah, blisters, warts, whatever. And he's like sucking on his fingers. So it's also on his tongue <laughs> at some point. He looks like, oh, I had written down that maybe this is the origin to the Grinch because he looks, he looks like the Grinch. I was <laughs> thinking does. that the whole time, the green bodysuit. Yeah, so he's got the spores growing on him. It looks like the Grinch is in the making. At the end, it looks like a ghillie suit. A ghillie suit's like one of those camouflage things that the military use. Ooh, but fascinating. I, I'm, not, I'm probably going to be roasted about this because it's not even not right. That. Okay, I just I remember being that. called that in Call of Duty. And um, I played Call of Duty at some point. <laughs> not anymore. I did. <laughs> So I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Call of Duty is facts. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a pretty short story again. It's just these spores are going everywhere. And he's watching the TV, and I was trying to pay attention to what the TV says, because a lot of what was going on on the TV kind of had something to do with what was going on. Yeah, in it was place. like the TV was narrating, because he's lonely, he's the only one there in the house, the TV was narrating. You know, if we wanted to get deeper into this about him being a farmer, and then there's like a monologue going on about how 
immigrants came and did the hard work and it was a dream come true, but it was also really hard. Like you could get into that if you wanted to, but we are not because we are timing our stories. I did really write down a couple that made sense. At what point the TV says, we kept doing what we wanted to do. And so at that point, Jordy is not necessarily doing anything about what's going on with him. He's kind of just accepting that this is happening. Yeah. But the next line in the TV says, my troubles are over. Kind of lined up mm -hmm. with him thinking that everything's fine now. Yeah. It wasn't true. Yeah. And so the next scene is when he's in the bathroom room he's about to shower to get this stuff off of him and his dad appears to him it, this guy daydreams a lot he was daydreaming the stuff about the college and how he wanted to sell the meteor yeah and when a meteor broke in half he's like they're not gonna give me money at the college anymore yeah. he's daydreaming about that he's also daydreaming about the doctor and the doctor has like a meat cleaver to chop off his, his fingers. fingers and then at some point when he's gonna go take a shower daydreams about his dad telling him not to jump in the water he does anyway and the next scene is him grabbing a shotgun he says something right before he blows his head off because the entire time he's talking about how he just has bad luck and he's hoping that this depressing but this shot to the head will not be bad luck and then it's just the news is playing and the weather is like it's gonna rain for the next 30 days and you can see that the greenery is already spreading to the rest of the town there's point. a crossroads with the signs of like portland and so again what does that mean what does that mean for the people if they touch it will they also turn into the grinch again, i don't know open-ended endings yeah that's big on this all right next one so this is you this is the one i found boring as hell help me I find it better don't find it boring but we yeah. talked about why it might have been this long. I think it's because it was so long and it was long for no reason, but you'll see. Okay. We'll talk about it. We're going to try to keep it short. What's the hold name on, of Hold on, hold on. It's called Something to Tide You Over. One, two, three, go. Something to Tide You Over. Essentially, Richard is a dude with a wife named Becky, finds out Becky is having an affair with this dude named Harry. He goes to Harry's house and is like, I've kidnapped Becky and you have to come with me to save her because I don't care. Like, I don't love her, but like, I own her and that's just how this goes. He takes him to this beach. He owns this beach. He digged a hole for him and he's like, oh, Becky might be under there. Dig or not. Just step in there, actually. I have a gun. And uh, buries him. He's like, bury yourself in the sand. And he's recording him. He had recorded Becky. He did the same thing to Becky. The tide is coming in. And essentially, he's watching from his house that he killed them both um with the tide coming in and then like creepy stuff starts to happen they show up at his house they are not dead they are like seaweed gross ocean monsters and they enact revenge and then they bury him in the tide and kill him yes all right did i make 10 it seconds Woo! Wow. <laughs> i think it helped that i showed you yeah you really you did help me left. out there <laughs> Um, you didn't like this one. You said it was boring. It was really boring, but I think I understand why. So the two actors who are playing the main characters in this one are pretty well known at the time. One was it Ted is the dude from Cheers, the main bartender. Ted dude. Danson. He's also in the good in place. the good place. That man has aged really well. Honestly, I was so because I was looking at him. <laughs> no and I was offense. Like, is this is Ted Danson. I was like. And at the beginning, he's like, I could bench 300 pounds, get your foot out the door. I was like, damn, Ted Danson was jacked. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, I don't <laughs> think he aged bad. He looks good in the good place. We haven't seen Cheers. In the good place, he looks he looks really good. We went yeah. to the Cheers bar in we Boston. We did. That was really cool. Yeah, Ted Danson looks really good in this. He's like, you know, he's got the chiseled chin and all that stuff. And the other actor was Leslie Nielsen. So he was in a lot of movies back then, too. Mm -hmm. I, he looks very familiar. I can't pinpoint any specific movies. I remember seeing him a lot when I was a kid mm -hmm. on, in TV shows and movies. So those two actors, I think what happened, the reason that this was so long is maybe with the budget they had, they were like, let's get these big name actors. And in order to get them involved, we probably need to give them a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. So let's create this story that kind of gives them that screen that they deserve because they're so so popular at that time so i would disagree because i think the point of this one is to build the tension of the he's actually murdering them at the end of the day and it's the whole time i think well i was thinking what would you do because i was like this man has pulled a gun on you you're in a secluded beach and he's telling you to jump into the tide bury yourself up to your neck in the tide i'd be like no dude just shoot me that's a horrible way to die at least if you shoot me i'll be gone immediately but then how do you get revenge that's true because he's just watching becky drown and then he yeah it's like super again this is like campy but that's straight up serial killer psychological attacking so when harry's character at the beginning said i could bench 300 pounds i was trying to imagine like you're really focused dug. on that i was trying to imagine being dug under the sand i know it's heavy I'm not, I'm not i'm not implying that it's not heavy but i was like man if this guy's just jacked how hard could it be to really try but to you can't move your out? arms because he says it's like cement because the water still seeps into the sand so like that's dense have sand you, and have water have you ever been under sand though no because i'm not an you know idiot what? we're about to go to the beach and dig no me up. you're about to murder me i told you you wanted my life i said <laughs> dig me up i didn't say you i'm trying to test myself here <laughs> oh i want to know if i can lift this sand <laughs> i was trying to think of like is it possible 
because his neck's not that far deep. And I was like, maybe his arms will be able to lift him up. I don't know. You said this was boring, but I thought it was like a great idea. Could you imagine if you're like a murder victim and you can come back and murder your murderer? I did say that the end brought it back for me. For sure. I just think it was taking very long to get to the point. Yeah, my favorite thing was that uh, Richard was like, fair warning, I'm going to shoot you. And I'm like, you didn't give him a fair warning that you were going to murder him. No. Now I, you're giving a fair warning about shooting? I think that's the other thing. I was kind of lost the entire time until like the point was made that I'm going to put you on this beach. And I was like, okay, is like Harry going to get out? The tide is approaching. And yeah, because there's down. like this scene where he's like fully underwater and he starts to radiate. It's that thing of like, I wish rage gave you superpowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've talked about this before, about how this power that apparently humans have. I don't know if it's real but there's this belief that in a state of emergency your body goes into like superhero mode where you can lift cars did we talk it about it on the show because um i feel like we were debating about whether you could like a mother could lift the car off a child which is always the example that it's used right yeah i've heard of hikers who like have boulders fall on them and they like lift the boulder off and it's because your body goes into this like flight or fight or flight mode, mode where it suddenly taps into all the energy it doesn't use right 10 percent or whatever it is you were saying that in the moment of rage would you be able to pull yourself out this rage is seen you can see yeah the, it becomes sorry. red you can see the rage on him and all the things that happen in creep show in general it's like the comic books oh it is very uh primary color like the red there's reds and blues and like deep colors are like shown throughout the film and so they do die they show up at richard's doorstep and he's kind of happy-go-lucky singing oh he's kind of completely a psychopath he's completely nervous fine until then oh he do you think so? Yeah, he's I got like, la, la, like, la, I killed someone. No big deal. I'm going to go take a shower. But you think that's confidence or do you think that's guilt? Because I think that's him being like, everything's going to be fine. It's okay. You have to tell yourself everything's going to be fine if you don't think that things are fine. No, he's too much of a, a rich psychopath to know what consequences are, I think, is the vibe you're supposed to get. When they finally do get him, I thought they looked like Pirates of the Caribbean zombies. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. Because they had seaweed in their faces. And they would blooded. shoot them and the green ooze comes out. It's pretty cool. Uh, special effect yeah richard unloads his entire gun to them they don't die and they're telling him weird stuff they're like it's not weird it's what he told them is it yeah because he's like if you hold your breath you might survive that part yes but when they were approaching him outside they were saying we want to see you come to the beach it's showtime and i I guess yeah he did say that to them too yeah because he recorded them and that's basically what they do they enact revenge in the exact same way that they were killed and in his hysteria, he's like, I can hold my breath forever. And yeah. then the moment the water approaches his head, he's like, oh, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I fucked up. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. That's that one. Okay. All right. So I think it's your turn now. It is my turn. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Go. Okay. This one's called The Crate. The janitor finds a crate under some stairs. He works at the school. Apparently, there's this like super fancy get-together between teachers and professors, whatever, who go to the school. There's this guy named Dexter. This guy named uh, Henry. Henry has a wife who is like super social, whatever. She kind of treats him like crap, but he's also like not responsive to her. He ends up... Hold on. Dexter ends up getting called by the janitor. Dexter is Mr. Stanley, who's also involved. Gets called by the janitor, says there's a box under the stairs. They go look at the box. They go back to school. They open the box. The bo- the janitor gets eaten by a creature inside the box. The guy's like, what the hell's happening? There's a student who's also working on this. The student also gets ripped up. Uh, he calls Dex. He goes to Henry's house. Henry's like, what the heck? He's like, opportunity to go kill my wife. Takes him <laughs> takes him back to the school. Or sorry, he leaves Dexter locked into his house. Henry goes back to the school. Calls his wife, says, Dexter had an affair has her come back, gets her eaten by the creature inside. He drops the creature inside some lake and then comes back and tells Dexter, hey, look, nobody did it, right? There's no evidence. Damn, yeah. again, you came in under one second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so it is a really long one, but I like this one. It's probably one of the best ones, I think. What did you say that the creature's name was? The creature's name. name is Fluffy. Fluffy the crate creature. I was trying to understand where this thing came from because who sent it here who put it there i'm assuming that someone else had some similar situation happen with them and that's why it was stored away yeah because uh it says that the crate is from june 1834 thing has been there for a while it has like an even arctic how does it survive every so often a janitor finds it maybe that's why they just uh oh like this happens every few years maybe and they just cover it up the janitor didn't even find it naturally he flipped the coin to decide whether he was going to clean the stairs or some room or whatever and the coin falls into the crate or whatever yeah. that's covering this crate. This is how he discovers the box. And when they were unchaining it, the first thing that happens is the janitor gets killed. I was confused by when he opens the box, he's like, 
it's like a creature in there. It's shiny. It's like emeralds or rubies or something. And then it just gets yanked into mm-hmm. the box. Maybe the creature makes itself seem appealing. So you come closer and then it attacks you. Every time the creature pops up, it's pretty cool. It's so funny because he's small. You think he's small? Yeah, he is. When his they show his, his face is huge, but his body is like tiny. <laughs> I want to point out Billy's situation because she is painted to be terrible. Billy slash Wilma. Wilma. Even when you read like the summary of this story, they call her an emotionally abusive wife. Which, okay, yeah, she says some things that are like a little bit emotionally abusive. Like, what would you do without me? You're useless without me. Sure. Her husband is not great either. No, he's very, he's he's a pushover. I, I don't know. It's it's an odd way to describe him as also being shitty because, like, he doesn't necessarily do anything bad. He just lets himself... But he's constantly fantasizing about killing his wife. Like, and that's constantly. what makes him horrible. Like, dude, just get a fucking divorce. Right. And he's kind of... You get the hint that he's jealous of his friend's, like, escapades with the younger grad students. He's jealous of this dude's life, but he's so, like, docile and timid of apparently according to summaries because of it's his wife's fault that he's like this. But I don't think he'd be able to get girls the way that, like, this confident professor Yeah, so let me, let me clarify that. I think the problem with him isn't even that he is fantasizing about his wife. I think it's that he avoids the situation and can't... Why is killing your wife easier than confronting her? That's what I was going to say. He can't own up to what's going on with him instead of... Cause I don't even want to make it seem that being a pushover is bad right because like some people are just they just take advantage of you but you have reason to try to defend yourself Mm -hmm. and i think if this this sounds like relationship stuff but if he maybe spoke up to her and was like hey yeah maybe he loves her really but she's just so no because he killed her he killed her right this is kind of what happens as things continue to build up and maybe that's what moral of the story is just get a fucking divorce it's easier you don't got to deal with the police you know oh yeah (laughs) Getting a divorce is easier than dealing with the police? I would say so. Investigating you for involved? murder? Why are you murdering people? Yeah, exactly. If you've <laughs> done that, you fucked up. I would say she's not that bad, honestly. They paint her in a certain way. Again, this movie is like in the 80s. The others are prudes, for sure. Oh, yeah, they're terrible because she's like the only one wearing color. She's wearing red. They're all wearing like tan, beige. She's a socialite and everybody else is like, Ugh, why do they keep they're inviting like, her? She's so crude. Honestly, she's cute. She's got her makeup done. She looks better than wow. everyone there. But I guess that's what makes you the bad person in the situation. Honestly, I think she was too good for him. Because <laughs> she has a personality and he doesn't. Again, this movie was in the 80s. The notion of what a woman's role is in a relationship and professional settings could be one thing. It's completely different now. They did exaggerate her a lot in yeah. terms of how like she treated him. Because I, I started watching it thinking like that she was maybe like a good character and that everybody else is kind of being prudish. And so then she was going to get revenge in some way. She ends up being like a shitty character too. But in a yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not like completely defending her. She has tendencies that are not good, but I would say her husband is also not good and they kind of deserve each other at the end of the fucking day. Mm-hmm. So he takes advantage of this stuff going on with Dexter and Mr. Stanley. If someone comes to you and is like, there's a killer creature out there, your immediate thought is like, I'm going to use this to kill my wife. No, no. hesitation. <laughs> no. The way it plays out kind of leads you to think that maybe people are thinking that Dexter, Mr. Stanley, is killing people. Mm-hmm. And so Henry uh, writes a note to Wilma and says, you know, Dexter has had an affair. He hasn't been able to get over his wife dying. And so he's been having these affairs with these students and whatever. Which is and truly them, problematic if you want to talk about who's a real villain. It's that <laughs> yeah, he drugs Dexter, goes to the school, leaves that note for Wilma. Wilma gets home, reads the note, and is <gasps> loving it. She is, because she loves drama, obviously. She's like, I'm oh the... my god. He Listen, like... maybe I'm defending her because I'm also like her. <laughs> oh, you would also have fun if I wrote a note that somebody... Yeah, girl! <laughs> Give me the cheese. The note implies that he beat her. What... No, that's okay. too much responsibility, but I, I am definitely someone who's like, what'd you hear? <laughs> what do you know? She's like drinking milk with vodka for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> That's what I was going to point out. This is why she's the true villain. Who drinks milk? It looks like whiskey. And she takes it with her. She takes it with her while driving. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. But... So she's loving the note. The note is basically explaining that, you know, hey, Dexter's got himself in some trouble. 
the girl is at school, she doesn't want to get out, and I need your help to talk her out and see her in the condition she's in, whatever. Wilma shows up at the school. Henry has cleaned up everything and cleaned up all the evidence, and he's like kind of guiding her and pushing her towards the Literally, future. he's shoving her into the crate at one point. And nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. And it isn't until that she's roasting him, talking about dangling his balls from his ears, his earrings, that the creature finally rips out of the crate, takes her, and eats, eats, her. Her, eats her, and then Henry kind of just takes the box, locks it up. Throws it into the water. And comes back to Dexter, and he's like, so here's the deal. This is what we're going to say. Yeah. You got a problem with that? And there's this whole fraternity thing that I hate so much because this doesn't exist in real life. But okay. yeah, so they, he's uh, like, what are friends for? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, what are you going to say? And he's like, I don't know. I'll and he's like, what if it gets out? He's like, there's no bodies. I'm like, those people didn't have loved ones that are going to be like, yo, where the fuck is this person? I haven't seen them in a hot minute. I was thinking that cleaning it up's not enough. No. Someone's going to ask, especially the student. The student that was completely uninvolved. The student, the janitor. The janitor probably has a family. And wouldn't it be suspicious if your wife's no longer around and you didn't report her missing? Has this man not heard a true crime story before? I don't know. He's got his story together. He's like, there's no foul play anywhere. Sure, Jan. Meanwhile, in other movies, we've seen that like friends die and literally all the friends get questioned by the police. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the last scene is Fluffy bursting out of the ocean sea. I don't know exactly where this is located. <laughs> yeah, it's like off the cliff, some yeah. pond or lake, and his eyes are seen and freeze frame for the comic. All right. So last but not least, one, two, three, go. They're creeping up on you. There is a terrible old rich man who is a germaphobe that lives in like this kind of like futuristic apartment. Uh, he's terrible. Every employee calls him and he's like bitching them out. But at the same time, cockroaches are coming out of nowhere and he's an extreme germaphobe. So he does not like that. And he's like, I can't talk to you right now. You're trash and I got to take care of these cockroaches. Eventually, he just says, my employees are like cockroaches. I got to keep an eye on them. Even if they're mindless and stupid, they can overcome you. Uh, that's basically what happens. The cockroaches invade his entire fucking house and eat him from the inside out. The end. 34. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty short story. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of this one? I think it's a very much like a terrible person gets what they deserve story. Where For did sure. these cockroaches come from? How do they know that he's terrible and to kill him? We don't know. He's on the phone with a lot of people throughout this and it seems like because he works in some company that has been he keeps getting reports of stocks and things like that mm -hmm. and shares and whatever. It seems like some man part of he his company bought out his company and he killed himself because of it. And so the wife calls him to complain not complain but to like be like it's your fault it's your fault you yeah. did this to him whatever and the guy is very shitty he's like everybody very calls shitty. me everybody calls me to say that they killed themselves over me and he's like super happy about it yeah he's blatantly racist to the employees mm -hmm. um says you're gonna go far in the service industries you know especially because you're a person of color and it's, it's like, like oh, what man, the fuck I hate this guy so much. yeah he, it makes you hate him he's like a character you're meant to hate he did his job the actor. Yeah, he did. I wonder if he actually had to be covered in all those bugs. They look real. All those bugs. Oh, they are real. real. They because were. I think, again, because I watched that documentary about horror movies in the 80s, Tom Atkins said that they accidentally released like a ton of wild cockroaches to Philadelphia where they were filming. I think I saw something in the film facts about yeah. that. I should have brought that one up. Yeah. <laughs> I beat you to it. Yeah, so they're real. And they're nasty. They're giant ones. They're like weird looking. I, I think I'd be terrified. Was it odd of me to feel that... I Feel bad about him spraying a lot of them? I was like, oh. Those poor cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> they're only trying to kill a terrible man. Let them do their job. Not to say that I don't kill bugs, but if they're not bothering me, I don't necessarily like. Cockroaches, though, I to... think do like cause an infestation, so you do have to get rid of them. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Don't take us for facts here on the bugs situation. <laughs> no. I meant more like I'm a pacifist if I have to be with bugs. I don't kill them if they're not bothering me. Yeah, it was a it was a fun one. It was a quick one. The lights go out. The he story has a whole proceeds. bunker designated to... Which I thought was weird because it wasn't that safe of a bunker. He opens the door while the bugs are all outside and he's like, I'll be safe in here. I was like, yeah. you can really protect yourself from anything. All the bugs are be are able to go in when you open the door. Yeah, bugs get in through anything. Honestly, they can get through like the tiniest of holes. And... Which they do. And I think it's the coolest part of this is the effects of the bugs coming out of him. Yes, I was about to get to that. I was trying to think of how they would... Because they, they, don't, they don't just like come out slowly. They like explode like, out his Bleh. body. Is it that he's a cockroach? That's the... Uh, I was trying to picture how the effects happen. Like, do you just blow bugs out? Like, I think you get a dummy and... Have the skin kind of explode a little bit? Yeah, that's true. How do you get the blood to come out and then the bugs to explode out? 
from there. This is like pre-CGI. Yeah, it's so cool. It's such a cool effect. Yeah, I wonder how they did it. Oh, it's so cool to see bugs explode out of a person. Mm. Amazing. This is probably why we got bullied as children. Because we said these (laughs) things. Yeah, that one's pretty short. There isn't much to cover on that one. He's terrible and he gets what he deserves. Yep. And Mr. White, who is the building owner guy. Yeah, kind of like management. He's like, (laughs) bugs got your tongue at the end. Yeah. Did (laughs) he do it? Did the wife do it? You don't know. He's like, fuck you, you Yeah. yeah that's them and then it wraps up back to the story at the beginning with mm-hmm. the kid and the shitty dad yeah we got these garbage men who like find the the creep show magazine and they're like oh i love this magazine he's like oh my kid also loves them oh look someone send in for a voodoo doll because they're like what can this. we send in to get yeah. out of this they're like oh, i already used it and then the next scene is the kid and he's like i'll teach you to take my horror magazines and he's like actually the dad's eating breakfast in yeah. the next scene and then it's the kid. Yeah. And he's like poking needles into the dead and the dead like coughing and like in pain. And that's and the that's last the scene. Yep. It's kind of funny. It is. I like these anthology movies. They're fun. Yeah. It, my favorite one's got to be Trick or Treat. Though. I was going to say, I wonder, like now that I've seen this, because I didn't realize it was a common thing to be in movies like this, to put the, all these short stories together. Trick or Treat was one. I know that uh, was it Hulu what or were we Shutter yeah. did, did one like it too that was like Halloween short stories or something like that. Yes, and I know. And all those are so fun. I think there's one called Holidays that is like the same premise. So yes, this movie set up those type of movies later on and shows like Tales of the Crypt and stuff like that. Yeah, because maybe as a writer, you don't necessarily have like a whole movie's worth of content to yeah, put on. But you're like, I want my story good. heard either way. Yeah. 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 I think stylistically, this movie is just fun to watch. It's like a comic book on screen. And going back to season two of Creep Show, now that I now know that you know, source. Yeah. I don't think that they've like veered too far off the path. Which of is what what's cool. Was. I do kind of remember the first season. I, I think you said you're going to watch it. I think they had less of a budget. Okay. And um, That's okay. Honestly, more budget just means more shitty effects. I honestly think so. I feel like these studios try so hard to just be scary using the money for visual effects that they've got instead of using like the classic stuff. And classics work. Honestly, work better. And sometimes. sometimes it holds up. Yeah. Like Halloween that kill with kevin bacon that fucking holds up halloween that's friday the 13th friday the 13th <laughs> damn it yes and his one butt cheek and his one butt cheek that you just can't you can't forget. nope it's just very there is some things in movies that you just hold on to mm. what did i hold on to this one I, I don't this really... one um i did mention it I can't oh remember, did you but you did hold on to something did i like while we were watching it yeah what did i hold on to i don't know we'll have to to dance when in? i when i edit this i will <laughs> figure it out okay cool so what do you rate it as a horror movie it is not that scary. No, it's very campy, very it's funny. It's very campy, but I don't think it's meant to be compared to horror movies. Just because it's fun, I think I'm going to give it an 8. Because it could use a little more story development, but then there's also, they're also that's like... That's the point. They're anthologies, so you're not supposed to get that. So that's where I'm like... Yeah, some of the stories, like, okay, do you have like a least... Oh, you did tell me. You have a least favorite one, and it's the... Tied one. Tied one. The, the thing with... um doing these type of movies is that you get some stories that are better than others but i think this one did like okay across the board you know mm-hmm. what would you rate it i rate it uh seven five two yeah i like I, like i said i like the anthologies i think it's great it's great it's great <laughs> it's great to get a lot of short stories that are all good in their own little length right and like i said i didn't like the tide one but they it's fun i think the the style was fun even if i didn't like the tide one again i like the ending of the tide one yeah and the the style is cool being a, a, a fan of comics too i like the transitions between yeah like the stories right you could even see some stories in between that i was like oh what's that one about and but you don't get them they're just kind of just flashed in between in between stories but trick-or-treat is one of my favorites and so if this this was kind of an inspiration to that i you know i like it too right yeah seven and a half again not from a horror perspective i think just from just like general movie wise movie. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about what scared Loki this week? Honestly, this week wasn't even fear. It was like, we were confused as to what was happening to him. This, this dog entered another dimension. I've never seen him this trance-like. So even though, um, the Tide movie, the Tide story was your least favorite, it played this music. And the seagulls And in the seagulls that Loki, like, did the dog head tilt thing. And looked at For, space. like, two minutes straight while the music was playing and the seagulls were going off and it was like our dogs possessed his mouth open and everything was like just so it was so weird because yeah we've never seen him get like we watched these movies on a projector and i I don't know if you could see it from yours where you were sitting but i could see the light from the projector in his eyes too so it was all so weird for me too to watch him do this because i was like what is wrong with him is he okay okay loki tell us did you get possessed during this movie 
sounds good. Let me know how it was. I want to do. I want to get possessed too. <laughs> All right. I think uh, is that pretty much it for us. I think so. Play us out. Cool. So as always, we hope you guys had a good time here. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod. Uh, we have a Twitter now. We'll get on getting active on that. That one's actually Shaken Scared Pod. There's like a, a character limit for your handle. Right. There is. Okay. So that one's Shaken Scared Pod. Shaken Scared Pod. Okay. Everything else will be Shaken Not Scared Pod. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest. You can send us an email at shakenotscaredpod at gmail.com. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a rate. Subscribe if you're not already. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the Frankensteiner beer. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.